don't, I don't want all these people going crazy looking at this bowl of deliciousness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, NBA Strayer, how are you going? Again, it's NBA Strayer. It's Tuesday, May ten. It's gonna be May. I might do that all month. Just a heads up. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you all the lowdown on the NBA playoffs. Playoffs. It is all happening. What a chaos day it was today. Uh, Joker is your back-to-back MVP. Monty Williams is your coach of the year. We've got two more game fours to talk about today. Boston Steel, an absolute belter in Milwaukee, and the Grizz bottled a great chance against the Warriors. Uh, so we'll talk about those in the game wraps as well as that's not an eye old mate, no mate. It's better than I, better than Lonzo. We'll get better than Lonzo Ball. Finish the words, Jimmy, before you move on. There you go. Uh, we've got some Yanazi yeah, unpopular your opinion of the day in our back take house where we're serving up. Some flame grilled takes. Uh, no Australian player watch today because none of the Aussies are involved. Uh, but we do have a Shane Hill shoot a shoot shoot your shot light him up award to give out, and uh, we'll preview and pick the games tomorrow, which are a couple of game uh oh fives. Let's go, let's go, and that'll be it because the throat's still a bit sore. So no skits, I reckon, until uh, maybe we'll have a crack tomorrow. See so how we go. Right, let's get stuck in episode eight twelve of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better, or the Alvarado attack, I guess, if you're um, Kenny the Jet Smith. It's kind of weird, they brought on Jose Alvarado uh, for Inside the NBA. Uh, he stole the ball, and then they went, Hey, Jose, it was a pretty cool being at the playoffs. He's like, yeah, man, it was sick. And they're like, all right, see ya. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe have, like, the New Orleans backup point guard sort of sit down and have a bit of a chat. Jesus. Talk about a bit of a waste. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Show with the daily whip around. That's right. The MVP was announced. Finally. Nikola Jokic. Hello. That's right. Nikola Jokic goes back-to-back. And I'll tell you what, warranted. Talk about that in Yenaz, but uh, beats out Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And not too much shock, unless you're like a Philly fan, I think. It seems like Philly fans are like, oh, fuck a what, man? <laughs> Which is always great. Uh, but I'll go into that in Yenaz. Coach of the Year was also announced with Monty Williams winning it. Over uh, Taylor Jenkins and I believe Eric Spolstra were the other uh, two finalists. Uh, nice touching moment with Monty's family bringing him the award, which is just fucking nice. It really is, because you remember Monty Williams obviously uh, lost his wife in a car accident and uh, stepped back from basketball for a while, then got the son's coaching gig. And yeah, it's like a amazing touching story. Came second last year, wins it this year. You'll love to see that. Other news, uh, no Steve Kerr today for the Golden State Warriors because he tested positive for the cocoa. 
Uh, if you want some tips for someone who just got over it, uh, chill the fuck out. <laughs> because, goddamn, kind of wish, uh, you know, I was lucky because uh, I got to sort of sit here, do what? We did three shows last week, I think. Missed out on Wednesday, missed out on Friday. We did a Sunday show anyway. Uh, all I do is talk about basketball. Steve Kerr, like, he's in the middle of a fucking playoff series. <laughs> like, holy moly. Uh, so a bit shit, bit weird, but what are you going to do? Um, Mike Brown took over today, which is hilarious, because he just got named the Kings coach literally yesterday. So you've got the Sacramento, the coach of the Sacramento Kings coaching the Warriors in the playoffs all of a sudden. Playoffs? Playoffs. And it was a bit strange. But either way, uh, no jam around either. Before the game today, he was... Um, announced as out with his knee injury. And there's still no kind of uh, real uh, vague idea of what is going on with his knee. So he had an MRI, but Taylor Jenkins, the coach of the Grizzlies, was like, yeah, cool, I'm not going to tell you what the fuck it is <laughs> because we're just going to say right soreness and do some further evaluations. And you're like, all right, shit. I kind of like that because it's a bit of gamesmanship. We'll keep the Warriors on their toes, man. Almost worked today as well. Uh, so there you go. All the awards are now done. So MVP was Joker. Defensive Player of the Year was Marcus Smart. Coach of the Year, Monty. Most Improved Player was Ja Morant. That was bullshit. Should have been Darius. Rookie of the Year, Rookie of the year goes to Scoob. Scotty Barnes and Sixth Man of the Year was There Goes My Tyler Hero. Uh, pretty cool to think that like a bunch of those players, I mean, all of them made the playoffs, obviously, and uh, a few of them are still involved. Just a shame about Joker. But either way. Uh, right, let's do some game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. That's right, the game wraps from today. Game four, Boston going to Milwaukee. And this was an exceptionally strange game, wasn't it? 116, the Celtics win in Milwaukee. It's our gonkin for the good land. It was not today. To lose by eight, up seven going into the fourth. Uh, something's gone wrong. And I'll tell you what went wrong. The Bucks went, ah, shit. We can't outscore Jason Tatum and Al Horford by ourselves, by themselves. And that's exactly what happened. This was such a strange Milwaukee game where uh, never more before in this playoffs, playoffs, had you so fucking keenly felt the absence of Chris Middleton. This is the Chris Middleton game. This is the game where Drew Holiday can't hit a shot. Giannis is... He was taking a shit ton of shots. What do you have, like 16 in the first half or something? Uh, wasn't shooting great. That's the exact game where Middleton goes, Ah, fellas, look, I'm just going to go like 11 of 17 here. I'm going to hit four threes and we're going to win. He plays, they win. He doesn't play. Milwaukee just don't have enough in that fourth quarter uh, to get over the hump. And... It was weird because it felt like Milwaukee had sort of held back the tide of the Celtics, right? So it's a strange half. The first half, super tight. Bit of a brick fight. Very physical. Kind of brutal at times, actually. Uh, Both teams sort of out-toughing each other. Like, for all the bitching and moaning about the refing, and I'm pretty fucking over it at this point, especially in this series. um, Like... It was almost like a lot of the no calls. You're like, well, what are we calling? I don't know what is happening if we're calling this and then not that. But either way, pretty physical. And, what, they're up one at the half, the Bucks. Felt like it probably should have been more, but Boston is stuck around. Even with Tatum struggling, Jalen Brown being in uh, foul trouble. 
Al Horford was helping out. Smart was playing his ass off. And they just sort of managed to get buckets at times that mattered. And then in the third quarter, the Bucks were feeling it. They were feeling it. They get foul trouble on Jalen Brown. Uh, there's a crucial aspect, or crucial moment, I guess, in that third uh, where Jalen Brown gets his fifth foul. It's a uh, charge on uh, Brown where it was initially called a block on Giroux Holiday, which would have been his fourth foul. Instead, it flips around after uh, Buds challenges it. Five on Jalen Brown. You go, here we go, Bucks. What's up? They get up 11 with three minutes to go. Giannis and Drew looking like they're rather blow the doors off it. But Derek White, Derek White, he makes a huge three in the last minute. A couple of empty trips. Boom. It's only a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter. And then it all fell apart for the Bucks. Like the Celtics rattle off a 10-zip run. Uh, get right back into it. Grab the lead for the first time since the second quarter. And without Middleton, with Giroux struggling, the Bucks just couldn't answer. Like this is how it sort of went down. Like they just they held back the flood there for a second with like Blopez free throws, and he was uh, he was doing work. The big fella he had ten points in the fourth quarter, but they just had no sort of right. Fuck it, throw it to this dude. We'll get a bucket. That'll help. Giannis was right there for a bunch of it. He scored a couple of buckets in the fourth where you're like, holy shit, they might be able to do this. Like, he got by Tatum with, like, a sort of just one of those weird in-the-paint, twirly-whirly moves. Tatum sort of gave up, and Giannis just sort of dunked it over him. And you're like, holy shit, okay. Uh, But the Bucs are up. Then Horford laces another three. Celtics lead again. And there's, like, two or three sort of just empty trips for the Bucs after that. Tatum's just throwing in some insane shit. He scores 10-zip by himself. Throws one in off the fucking floor. And you're like, ah, I think the Celtics might win this. <laughs> like, when Jason Tatum is scoring buckets while laying on the floor, it's like, all right, yeah, this might not be your day there, Bucks. And Horford just absolutely kept tearing them apart. Suddenly, it's the Celtics game. It was a 14-2 run. It goes from 92-94. Uh, Bucks... Uh, down after Horford gets in the lead. And then, boom, it's a 14-2 run in the last two and a half minutes of that. Turns it to 106-96. So, yeah, the Celtics were down two, 94-92, and then skadoosh, up 10 in two and a half minutes because the Bucks just on offense, it'd be like a bad turnover. They would take a pretty rough-looking shot. They had a Paddy Connaughton three go in and out. And the key moment for me was the Giannis charge on uh, Marcus Smart. So you have a moment where Drew Holiday tries to take a uh, charge on one end, doesn't, free throws. And then Giannis gets called for an offensive foul, going back the other way. Tatum just grabs the ball, off we go. Absolutely fucking laces a three. And the Celtics are up 10 with three and a half minutes to go. And that was basically it. Like Grayson Allen and Matt, Wes Matthews hit a couple of threes. Uh, but Smart then took over right down the stretch and went, right, oh, fellas, time for the big boys to step up. And just fucking bullied the Bucks for two tough-ass buckets, and that was that. Like, Jalen Brown had free throws in the middle, but ends up being a 43-28 to 28 fourth quarter. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely bloody incredible, I'll tell you that much. Like, the way that the Celtics just sort of took over with Horford, with Tatum... I think the thing that struck me the most was the the poise, right? Like, with foul trouble for Brown, foul trouble for Al, foul trouble for Grant Williams, who just sat in the entire fourth quarter, having been really, really good against Giannis all uh, game. 
suddenly they're going like one big and they're playing small and it completely discombobulated the Bucks. Like, you'd think, oh, well, we need Grant Williams to uh, contain Giannis. Didn't matter. Al Horford went, right, fuck it, I'll contain him and I'll dunk on his ass and fuck him. Boom. Off we go. The, like, the Celtics sat Grant for this fourth quarter. Their one big lineup just worked so well. Derek White and Smart defended their asses off. I think that's the biggest thing. Pritchard didn't kill him for the first half of the quarter. Too bad. He missed a shot where you're like, oh, jeez. Peyton, what are you doing? Um, but Giannis couldn't get anything to fall. The Bucks shot 11-23 in the quarter. And I'll swear it's mostly because the Celtics' defense just ratcheted up that extra notch of just like, all right, cool. You might be in the paint, but this is going to be fucking hard. And they'd miss. So there you go. Tatum and Horford combined for 28 points in the fourth quarter. That's the same amount as the Bucks had. So... They get over the hump. The poise is incredible. They shot 16 of 19 as a team from the floor in the fourth quarter. Four of five from downtown. Uh, only seven free throws. And then the same thing happened to the Bucs uh, in game three. Just zero free throws down the stretch. They shot four free throws in the entire fourth quarter. Two of them came pretty early with Brook Lopez. And it didn't matter. The Celtics just kind of had the answer. And the Bucs just, without Middleton out there, there was no release valve. There was no... Save us, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. And Chris Middleton's just kind of looking on going, God damn, my knee hurts. So Giannis ends up with 34, 18, and 5. But still, like, eight, what was that, eight points in the fourth quarter? He just looked a little off all game. There was a run in the third quarter where he was taking over. You're like, oh, shit. But, I mean, they were barring him from the bucket, basically. And he's like, oh, I'm going to shoot this floater and, like, clank in and out time and time again. And that's where you miss Middleton heaps. Giroux couldn't buy a bucket either. 5 of 22. Yeesh! 1 of 6 on threes for Giroux Holiday. Finished with 16 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, but just had zero space in which to operate. Marcus Smart just fucking ate him up. Uh, 17 and 7 for Blopez. He was massive. Uh, Wes Matthews went 3 of 4 on threes. He had 12 points. But they also needed more from Grayson Allen because, look, the Bucks were absolutely flying. Grayson had a couple of buckets early and then nothing else. Seven points, he fell off a cliff. One or four from deep for him. Porter struggled as well. Like, this is the problem if your uh, role players are going to struggle at home. It's going to, especially without, you know, your second star on the team there for you. Like, you need Portis, you need Grayson Allen just to at least not go, what, two of seven for Portis? Yeesh! And three of seven for Grayson Allen. So if you're going to go five or 14 combined between the two of you. And one of five from three. You need a little bit more. Georgie Boy Hilly, one he hit a three, but you also needed more from him, right? If you're going to bring your veteran point guard off the bench, they also realized that defensively they could just fuck George Hill up, and that's what they did. Paddy Connaughton was good. 11.7 boards, 36 on triples, but as a team, it was just, I don't know, with Lopez like actually playing pretty bloody well, but not being you know an absolute domination, and Giroux not being able to hit a fucking shot. They were just a little bit short. The Celtics, meanwhile, shot 50% and 14 of 37 on threes. That's uh, pretty good. I'll tell you that much. Average Al Horford. What a game. 30 points. 30. The bloke was cooked. Absolutely cooked two years ago. 30 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. He absolutely ate it up. I don't know how he looks so much more spry. I think it's just like you put this motherfucker in green. And average Al Horford is like, you know what? I'm actually good at basketball. I'm just saying. You put him in any other uniform, no fucking chance. But here we go, and off he goes. 
That was absolutely amazing. What a game. We're going to talk about him again in a second. Uh, 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists for Tatum. Absolutely turned around in the second half because it was, uh, I would say, I would say, not good, not good. Uh, because in the first half, he was just getting absolutely belted by the Bucks. was our Tatum. And he eventually adapted to it and then just went, right, cool. You're going to make all my shots really fucking hard to hit? All right, I'll just hit some really fucking hard shots. <laughs> the 10 straight points he scored in the fourth quarter were absolute chaos. And, like, after the first half, Tatum was, uh, like, nine points, and they're, like, talking on their halftime shows, like, Tatum got nine points, Jalen Brown got 11, he had 30 and 20 from both of them. It's like, that's a great analysis, Shaq. So you're trying to tell me, we need our stars to score lots of points. I could tell you that. You could pay me fucking a slab a week, and away we go. <laughs> what are you doing, TNT? But I think the thing was, he only had, what, two free throw attempts. He had zero assists in the first half. And then just absolutely kicked it up a notch. Like, that was incredible. So, anyway, uh, the rest of the Celtics, you had Tatum just, like, the three insanely tough shots that he hit in the fourth, though. Like, Tatum, they should have been empty trips. And that's, like, the biggest difference between the superstar and just, like, a regular run-of-the-mill star is that you turn nothing into something. And he hit literally three shots. We were like, well, that shouldn't have gone in. But it did. And now the Celtics are going to win. And that's what happened, which was really cool. He went 11-24 to 24 in the end, 3 of 10 from downtown. But goddamn. Uh, Jalen Brown with the foul trouble. Still ends up with 18 points, 2 of 5 from 3. Smart. As mentioned, took over down the stretch. He had 18 points and 8 assists, but um, shot 8 of 13. On the road. See, this is this flip side, right? So we talk about Giroux Holiday going 5 of 22. We're talking about Bobby Portis and uh, Grayson Allen struggling. Meanwhile, like the Celtics dudes, Derek White stepped up. Smart stepped up. Grant Williams, sitting in the fourth quarter, it did unlock like the Celtics lineup where they can just play with a little bit more speed, a little bit more force, and they still managed to contain Giannis because average Al Horford played the game of his fucking life. But... The way Smart was just backing down Drew Holiday in that fourth quarter at the end just to get those tough two clutch buckets, like just a nice little flip shot, nice little turnaround jumper, and they just rolled in. You're like, ah, shit. Well, that's the game. 18 and 8 for Smart. Incredible. Derek White, he had, uh, what? He sh- he held the Bucks as the primary defender. He held them to 0 of 12 shooting. That is insane. <laughs> he had 11 points as well, 4 of 6 shooting. Uh, Grant Willey, nine points. He was a minus 17. The game completely turned around when he went out with that fourth foul. Um, and Danny Tice really sputtered up. Between Danny Tice and Peyton Pritchard going 0 of 7 combined, Tice goes 0 of 5, Pey- Pritchard goes 0 of 2. It's amazing the Celtics won this, but that's the value of Smart shooting the shit out of it. It's the value of Derek White stepping up hardcore and then Tatum and Horford bringing him home. So... Huge win. The series is tied 2-2. Going back to Boston, they're shipping back to Boston. That feels about right as well. I don't know. Like, Boston have probably played the best basketball across the series so far, but the Bucks have also led for fucking massive chunks of the series. So, I don't know. 2-2 kind, kind of feels fair. And I think both teams have had chances to win games three and four in Milwaukee. And if you ask me, I think Boston should probably be feeling a little bit more confident than the Bucks, Because... To even this up, to come from behind in such like insane fashion with Al Horford like leading the way, it might feel like found money, but at least they didn't waste this game. 
which they did in game three where Horford played the, what we all thought was the game of his fucking playoff life. And he went and bedded it. Amazing. Right. And then the second game today. Oh, boy. Golden State win it at home 101-98. You might think, wow, Jimmy, that uh, makes a bit of sense. Golden State are pretty good. They didn't lead until the last 45 seconds all game. And I'll say one thing about this game. Dylan Brooks was fucking terrific for the Golden State Warriors tonight. I'll let you marinate on that for a second. Oh, yeah, Dylan Brooks plays on Memphis, but he was fucking terrific for Golden State tonight. (laughs) It was basically a two-game suspension for the Grizzlies. They were playing four on six on offense. Every time Dylan Brooks touched the ball, it was an absolute fucking shit show. (laughs) It was incredible. But the most striking and annoying thing about this is the Grizzlies had the blueprint right. They had it. It was right there staring them in the face. And they started off big with Stephen Adams. And they got off to a fucking flyer. Dylan Brooks was fucking them up at the start as well. They sat him and they stayed really good because he was that fucking bad in this game. Stephen Adams just gave them a big presence in the paint. Just, you can't value like this those screens, that space that he enables. The offensive rebounds, the tip-outs, just the sheer fucking... I don't know, scariness of a seven-foot Kiwi under the bucket every time a Golden State Warrior wants to drive. You're like, oh, God, do I have to drive into that? Look at him. He's fucking huge. You know, every fucking time. And what did Taylor Jenkins and the Go- and the uh, Memphis Grizzlies brains trust do? Oh, well, we better just roll with Dylan Brooks. I mean, sure, he's fucking killing us every time he touches the ball. And sure, it worked when we started big with, like, you know... Uh, Stephen and Triple J playing together. But nah, that seemed a bit too easy. Let's actually shit the bed and lose this game. It's fucking nuts. Even if you don't want to go with Stephen Adams, throw fucking Brandon Clark out there. What the shit? Brandon Clark gives you offensive rebounds, tip-outs, put-backs, alley-oops, just opens up your fucking options. Dylan Brooks was fucking completely cooked. He was literally the double agent. It was incredible. Anyway, so the game itself, like they got off to a fly, the Grizz, like Brooks was pushing very hard and he looked like shit from the get-go. At that point, Talia Jenkins should have just gone, yeah, Dylan, I don't know, man, maybe you should take another game off. What do you reckon? Um, But otherwise, they kind of look pretty settled and okay without Ja Morant. So Ja's out with his knee. They start Tyus Jones. They bring back big Steven Adams. And it got them going. A lot of inside attack. They're up four after one. The Warriors remembered how to score after that. Like, the Grizz started the second quarter, I think, 0 of 5. But the thing was, the Warriors just couldn't hit a three. They were 0 of 15 from downtown until they hit their first one. It was a gross second quarter in general. I think there was 10 total points scored in the first, like, six and a bit minutes. So it ends up 41-38 of a half. Yuck. (laughs) And Steph finally gets a triple to go just before the end of the half. And then the third quarter was amazing. Memphis just keep their noses in front. You've got slow-mo Kyle Anderson, like, um, doing lots of amazing sort of weird playmaking and sort of directing traffic. Like, Desmond Bain's in struggle town, but it didn't matter. Like, the way that they sort of navigated it was just fun and good. So 
I don't know. Like, the way that the Grizzlies then cooked themselves in the fourth quarter is just going to be one of those, like, moments where you go, oh, well, that was dumb. Because Brooks, like, even the third quarter, he was submarining them. He got one of seven in the third quarter. Zaya Williams got out there, did some good stuff. Brandon Clark got out there, did some good stuff. Desmond Bain woke up, hit the only couple of threes he hit all game in there. And they were right there. They outscored the Warriors again, 28-24. They're going into the fourth quarter. And the Warriors woke up. Oh, boy. They're up seven, the Grizz. If this is uh, sounding familiar, it's because this is basically what happened in the same fucking, in the game earlier. Like, it's crazy that the Bucks are up seven going into the fourth and lose. And then the Grizz up seven going into the fourth and then fucking lose. So... Their fourth quarter happens. It's just like Clay starts hitting shots. Steph changes his shoes from the awesome Craig Sager, uh, the Craig Sager memorial shoes, which are pretty amazing. Slow mo Cole Anderson still kind of out there causing a bit of havoc. He missed a bunch of free throws. Looks so sad. It was pretty weird. He also then blocked the shit out of Clay, but I don't know. He gets down to the uh, like it felt like Triple J was kind of doing everything doing a bit of everywhere. Just offensively, they just didn't have that like over-the-top moment at all. And you're like, oh, God. The Warriors are going to get them, aren't they? The run just never came from the Warriors, and then it did. It was like a 93-90 Grizz lead. Dylan Brooks, just another fucking horrible brick. And then he loses Steph on like a pretty fucking simple pick and roll. He's so wide open. Steph nails it. Off we go. It's a 10-2 run. In there, 94-93, the Warriors, they get their first lead. And then over the last four minutes, the Memphis Grizzlies just could not do anything fucking right. Like, Dylan Brooks, they should have just basically... If if the coach is not going to sit him, they should have just, like... Tyus Jones should have just run over and taken the ball out of his fucking hands. Because Dylan Brooks is like, oh, this looks like a pretty good shot. And everyone's like, Dylan! Mate! You haven't had a three all fucking night! What are you doing? You're 0 of 8! He was like, nah, man, I'm going to shoot this one. Hey, bro, nah, nah, nah. Clank. Ugh, absolutely fucking brutal. Uh, but the insanest part, I think, was that Golden State didn't score a field goal. They didn't hit a shot over the last three and a half minutes. It was all free throws, which is absolutely mental. But there you go. Pretty funny. Pretty cool. They win. The Grizzlies absolutely bottled this one. Uh, and the best part was Dylan Brooks hitting a three at the buzzer with the Warriors up six. So, great job, Dylan. Great job. Great job. Anyway, uh, so the Grizz, Triple J, he had 21 points, five rebounds and five blocks. Felt like he was doing everything, but offensively, the wheels just sort of, they looked a bit wobbly and then they sort of came off. He shot seven to 21 and 0 of seven from three. The last gasp three where Tyus Jones brought the ball up, looked at Dylan Brooks, went, yeah, fuck that. I'm not giving the ball to you again, you psycho. Gives it to Jaron Jackson. Went, look, Jaron, we might be standing in the middle of three Warriors, but you should shoot this. And Jaron goes, okay. Blocked by Draymond. Game over. Um, it's the usual sort of head-scratching thing with Jaron Jackson Jr., right? Like the fact that he wasn't in foul trouble. You're like, holy shit, they might pull this off because he's not in foul trouble. And then he just couldn't buy a bucket. There was like a nice little flip shot that he had early uh, in the fourth quarter. It's like, shit, if that goes in, maybe they're going to hold. No. Misses. He had another one that's under the bucket. Misses. And uh, at the same time, it's like, this is the value of Ja Morant, really, right? 
<laughs> right? Ja would A, stop Dylan Brooks for taking all the world's most horrible fucking shots, and Jaron Jackson Jr. would not have to go 2 of 6 and 0 of 3 from downtown. So, anyway, Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones had 19. He was really good as a starter. 8 of 18 shooting, 3 7 on triples. Slow mo Cole Anderson. Each shot got slower than the last. The three that he went one or two on threes, the one that he missed, he like thought about it, thought about it some more, thought about it again, then shot it and missed. He's <laughs> like, dude, if you've got that much time, what are we doing here? Anyway, 17 and 8 with him, two steals, two blocks. Pretty bloody good game. Zaya Williams gave them a little bit of something, something. And this is the thing that's going to just annoy me. Forever and ever about this game. So Dylan Brooks is just shooting them in the foot. He's just got the six shooter out. He's just blasting away at his own foot. Zaya Williams and fucking Brandon Clark on the bench have done nothing but give the Grizz really good minutes in this game. And Dylan Brooks is literally kicking the ball into the stands. He's like, oh, I'm going to jab step, jab step, jab step on Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's a bad defender. Oh, I've kicked the ball into the stands. What the fuck are you doing? And then he just tries to shoot over the top of, uh, I think it was Clay a little bit later, like a massively, weirdly, horribly like contested three. What is he doing? Anyway, so Zaya Williams doesn't get out there for too much. Stephen, Will- Stephen Adams, 10 points, 15 rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. Played four minutes in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Brendan Clark didn't even get out there. Unbelievable scenes. Anyway, uh... So, yeah, obviously the big problem is that Bain and Brooks, they sound like a country duo and basically turn into a country duo. Um, singing songs about trucks, about beers, about girls, and my dog kind of vibes. And Bain, Desmond Bain, goes two of four from three. I hit, I think he hit both of those threes in the third quarter. Ends up with 8.6 assists, but Dylan Brooks, just the masterpiece. Absolute masterpiece as the double agent. That's his new nickname, the double agent. Five of 19. I understand that Drew Holiday shot worse, but at least his shots looked fine. (laughs) This was horrible. It didn't feel like Drew Holiday was actually playing for the Celtics. It felt like Dylan Brooks was like being paid under the table by Joe Lacob to submarine this team. Uh, And this is the thing, right? Like, oh man, Dylan Brooks broke the code. He might have, and the basketball gods might have gone, well, you did break the, clo- the code, Dylan, so uh, blow it out your ass, you idiot. You're going to have one of the single worst games anyone can remember. 12 points, 8 assists, sure, 4 turnovers, 5 rebounds, 2 of 9 from downtown, 5 of 19 from the floor. Remember, though, he hit one of those threes right at the very end of the game, so he's basically 4 of 18 and 1 of 8 from downtown in just an absolute horror show of a game for Brooks. The bit where he just booted off his foot, you're like, ah, come on, man, he's throwing the game. Either way, like the Warriors, flip side for them, to shoot 40% from the floor and 24% from three. To start 0 of 15 from downtown, end up shooting 24% from three, 16 turnovers to 12, and they win? That's incredible. And it's all because of Steph. 32 and 8, three turnovers. Just masterful in that fourth quarter, though. 10 of 25 shooting, 4 of 14 on threes. Uh, but his game in general was just amazing. 8 and 9 from the free throw line. Beautiful. 17 and 10 for Air Canada. Maple Jordan. Andrew Wiggins. 14 for Clay. He shot like shit, though. 6 of 20. He was brutal. 0 of 7 from downtown. I know Clay, it's one of those things you go, yeah, the dude hasn't played for two years. Dylan Brooks looked like he hadn't played for two years either. That's a different story altogether. 
I'd to beat them to death with their age shoes. Uh, Draymond, two points, 11 rebounds, five assists in a block that saved the game. That was an amazing block. Well played, bit of contact, but still. Uh, Otto, I like to get blood to Porter, four of six from three. He had 12 points. I love that they brought up, that's a career playoff high for Otto Porter, hitting four threes. It's like, oh, good on him. Uh, 14 for Jordan Poole, despite four of 12 shooting, going of three from downtown, and his four turnovers, and being hunted on defense. I think that's the most annoying aspect of that entire Dylan Brooks thing as well. It's like, yeah, we're hunting Jordan Poole on defense, and Dylan Brooks is just completely short-circuiting every offensive possession. This is fucked. Eight of nine for Kevon Looney. He was handy. One of six on Damian Lee. Not a great bunch of shooting, but yeah, Steph saved their bacon. 18 points in the fourth quarter. Golden State win the game. Go up 3-1. The only series that isn't tied to all, ironically, is Golden State with a 3-1 lead. Ruh-roh. <laughs> what do you reckon, Warriors fans? <laughs> All right, let's do an NBA Australia Pro performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Well, I mean, we can do the Steph Curry uh, Houdini act. 32 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, hit 4 threes, 18 points in the fourth quarter. Absolutely steered the Warriors home. Uh, it was pretty funny because he did change his shoes. He's wearing the Sagers. They look amazing. He's like, oh, well, but I'm shooting like shit. I better change my shoes. And it worked. That was so cool. But, of course, today's NBA Australia approved performance of the night has got to go to the one, the only, a bloke who was cooked beyond belief. He was cooked worse than some of my old man Snags two years ago. Al Horford, a playoff career high. He's 35. 30 points for average Al Horford, 8 rebounds, 11 of 14 shooting, 5 of 7 from downtown. He ends up a plus 20, which is just fucking crazy. Has 3 assists just for good measure and a block. Only 1 turnover. Plus 20. Leads the team in plus minus. Absolutely incredible. And that's because he also held Giannis to 4 of 12 shooting as his primary defender, which is incredible. Absolutely incredible. When Giannis is actually being guarded by Horford, and this is the thing, this is why. So Boston didn't have Time Lord. I actually forgot to mention that. Uh, But no Robert Time Lord Williams. And when Grant Williams sits as well, Horford's out there going, well, that's fine. I can just guard Giannis by myself. Like, we'll get rotations around to Lopez. We'll make sure that we've got, you know, someone tallish near him. But Lopez is not going to come in and be fucking like prime 2001 Shaq and dunk on everybody in the post. And Horford, he's kept Giannis to five, uh, 15 of 49 shooting for the series. That's 30%. Giannis, when he's guarded by anybody else, he's shooting over 53%. So, not bloody bad. Like, the thing is, the thing that got me, tonight he scored more in this single game. This was how cooked he was two years ago. The entire series that Philly and Boston played two years ago, Horford did not score 30 points. The entire series combined. That is incredible. His fourth quarter, though. I talked about Steph having 18 points in the fourth quarter. Al Horford today had 16 points in that fourth quarter. He went 6 of 6 from the floor, 2 of 2 on his threes, 2 of 2 at the charity stripe. He had 2 rebounds and 1 assist. What a fucking game average, Al Horford. You know where this has got to go. Where's it got to go, Jimmy? Where's it going? Oh, jeez. This is going straight to the pool room. The Al Horford game. 
What a world. He's got 52 points and 24 rebounds in the last two games. They were in Milwaukee. What a fucking game. The dude's 35. He was cooked. <sighs> Unbelievable. Spud of the night. Spud, 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 uh, you had I mentioned the combo of Danny Tice going 0 of 5 and 0 of 2 from downtown. A minus 10. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Pritchard going 0 of 2 as well. And Drew Holiday worked his ass off all night. Uh, but that fourth quarter was an absolute just horror show for Giroux. He goes 0 of 5 from the floor. As mentioned, shot 5 of 22 from the entire game. He just got eaten up by Marcus Smart on both defense and offense. And this is one of those things where you're going, aha! Marcus Smart wins Defensive Player of the Year. Drew Holiday takes it personally. Marcus Smart then takes Drew Holiday taking it personally, personally, and then I took that personally and went fucking at him. It was incredible. Drew had no space. No space. Smart just fucked his shit up. He and Derek White just did a number on the guards of uh, Milwaukee today. That was awesome. But of course, spot of the night. Spot of the night. Where's this got to go? It's got to be Dylan Brooks basically suspended himself for two games. He should have been suspended for two games. He literally went out and went, oh, well, we better give this game to the Warriors because, oh, such a prick. It's like, yeah, he started 2 of 12. He's 0 of 5 from downtown. The double agent paints his masterpiece. Like, Dylan Brooks has had some horrible fucking games and some legitimately horrible games. But to go 5 of 19... 2-9 from 3, as mentioned, was essentially a 4 of 18, 1 of 8 from downtown performance until he hit that stupid 3 of the buzzer. 8 assists, 4 turnovers, 5 fouls. This has got to go, not straight to the pool room, but this has got to go. This was such a bad game where he's short-circuiting every offensive possession for the Grizzlies, where throughout the entire game, he has zero conscience about how bad he is playing. He's like, nah, it's all right, fellas, I've got this. And everyone's like, no, you very clearly don't, Dylan. Fucking pass the ball. He's like, oh, nah, not till the end of the shot clock, man. And then he'd clank another horrible shot. The best part was, I think, in the fourth quarter where he hit one of his threes. He only hit two all night, and they were both in the fourth quarter. He hit a three, and he's like, all right, watch this, fellas, heat check. And he airballed it. This has got to go to the shitty Louvre. Not the pool room. It's going to the shitty Louvre. This has got to go to the Spud of the Night Hall of Fame. Like, this has got to sit alongside, like, some of Davis Bertans and Ryan Anderson's amazing feats of sputtery. Dylan Brooks just cost his team a fucking playoff game and probably a playoff series. That is all-time Spud of the Night. Uh, who's all mate? No mates. All mate? No mates. I'll stop you there. It's Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I mean, A, he's getting booed in Golden State every time he touches the fucking ball because he clobbered Gary Payton the second, a.k.a. the mitten, and then completely shit the bed on offense for his own team to the point where his team are basically playing four on six. Like, I love... I don't love him hurting Gary Payton the second, obviously. I love a villain. And it was fun. Until Dylan Brooks got so fucking shook, he started kicking the ball into the stands. <laughs> I am just absolutely amazed at this performance because Dylan Brooks then has to get back on the team bus. And what do you think that conversation is like? Dylan's like, hey guys, 
where are we going tonight? And I was like, fucking nowhere with you, you cockhead. Jesus. Jar Morant just like fucking sitting up the back, pounding his fist, like, just fucking let me at him. Let me at him. That is some old mate, no mates material, like for all time shit. Like it was such a bad performance where everybody is like, this guy is literally playing one of the worst games anybody has ever seen. And his coaches are just, I can't believe they didn't sit him. It is absolutely stunning shit. So I understand that you got to have, like Dylan Brooks also has that history of like, I've been cold, 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 cold. Shit, I'm scorching hot out of nowhere. But in a game like this, where you've seen having a big lineup work, how you don't go to Brandon Clark or Zaya Williams in place of Dylan Brooks just fucking befuddles me. Uh, but yeah, that's a great bus ride home vibe, isn't it? All right, pantsing of the night. The retaliatory pantsing. Yes, I love this. Giannis absolutely yams on Horford, gets a T because he looked at him, and then Horford dunks the absolute shit out of Giannis, gets a T as well because he elbows Giannis in the face. I don't know the last time Al Horford drove to the bucket and dunked on somebody, but it wasn't this decade. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That is such a panting. Average Al Horford, we even have the footage. His wife tweeted it out. She's like, this was the moment where I knew it was all going to change. It's because Giannis dunked on him, gave him the mean mug, and Al Horford has turned around going, oh, yeah, cool. I remember that. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, no, that's cool. Keep on, keep on mean mugging. And then later, absolutely retaliatory pantsing. Yams on Giannis, a two-time MVP, a defensive player of the year, and elbows him in the face. You better believe that's a fucking pantsing. Average Al Horford, unbelievable. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think he'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Derek White. Derek White. Uh, as mentioned, the 0-12 uh, shooting that he held the Bucks to as the primary defender is absolutely chaos. But the way he stepped up, he's now plus 41 for this series, shooting 41.7% from three. He was huge today. So ends up playing 34 minutes, 11 points, four rebounds, three assists, shot four or six, he had zero turnovers, and was a plus 18. It's not usually you have sort of one of those games be a better than Lonzo Ball, but he just sort of did everything right and played the shit out of it. Like, what a game. What a game. Had a great fourth quarter, was the absolute sort of keystone to a lot of what they were doing on defense. As mentioned, they shot 0 of 12 against him. Like, big reason Drew Holiday struggled. Between he and Smart, there's just nothing they could do about it. So there you go. Derek White today. Better than Lonzo Ball. All right, let's do some quick yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys. This is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some Nas. Brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Go get your merch. 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 
Yeah, go get it at nbaastray.com slash shop or just click on any of the links through the uh, socials, on the facey, on the tweets, on the IGs. Have a look at the rose gold t-shirts, the logo tees, the hoodies. They are soft as hell. Uh, but either way, go hook it up. I'll get it out to you right now. Boom. Right. Support your favourite daily Australian NBA program. <laughs> go on. Also, I need the space. Uh, right. Some yeah, nahs. Number one, Joker. Deserving of a back-to-back MVP, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, yeah. I think I laid this out with the NBA Australia Awards. He was my pick. Um, I feel like he did as much as Giannis and Embiid with far, far less of a supporting cast, right? Like, far, far less. <laughs> without without Michael Porter Jr., without Jam and Jamal Murray, they won 48 games. Like, the Sixers and the Bucks won 51. They're three wins less than fucking Embiid and Giannis. And, like, seriously, without Joker on that Denver team, they're a 18, like, 15, 16, 17 team win, uh, win team. He did everything. He ran their offense, defended. He got rid of a Morris twin. I mean, that's my MVP right there. It's fucking nuts. He led the team in points. Rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. No teammate of his averaged more than 15 points a game. Joel Embiid had four teammates that averaged more than 15 points a game. Who was doing more heavy lifting and getting more results than Joker this year? And I think the case for each of them, you can make it. Like Giannis was 30, 11.6, 5.8 assists. So 30 points, 11 points, well, what was it? 29.9, whatever. 11.5 rebounds, 5.8 assists, 55% from the floor, 29% from three. And Bede was 30.6 points a game, 11.7 rebounds and 4.2 assists, 50% from the floor, 37% from three. Joker was a 27-14-8 while shooting 58% from the floor and 34% from three. All three were insane. But the thing is... And I haven't seen this argument be made too much. Like he played more games than the other two. Like he played seventy-four, Embiid played sixty-eight, Giannis played sixty-seven. So both Giannis and Embiid had uh, little injuries throughout the season as well. And there was a couple of lulls. I think the one that cost Giannis right at the end of the season was um, where he made a little bit of a run two, three weeks out, looked good, and then Joker just kind of kept on rolling, kicking ass and taking names. And B did the same sort of thing. They had stretches where they're absolutely kicking ass and taking names. But Joker was consistently fucking incredible all season. So for me, it was an easy call to make. And he is a deserving MVP. And anybody going, oh, but he was the sixth seed, man. He was, I can't believe we gave him to a sixth seed. Look at the rest of that fucking team. Like, you put in Bede on that team. I don't think they get the sixth seed in the West. Like, the West, that top six, that top six, seven, eight, like, it's a fucking, like, gauntlet. And he got them the six seed. What an insane year. But at the same time, like, between the three of them, like, if someone wants to make the argument for the other two, it's fine. I just have kind of, I came out of that season going, Joker did the most with the least. That's my MVP. Also, he took out a Morris. Love it. Uh, Monty Williams, Coach of the Year. Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, I appreciated the, uh, oh, man, Ty Lue did incredible things. Like, Yeah, he did. He did. He really did. Taylor Jenkins did a great job. 
But the Suns literally had their best season ever as a franchise. And I think we all tend to underestimate how tough it is to navigate the we made the finals and then get better. I mean, just look at fucking Atlanta. Like, you think they won the fucking title last year the way that they came into this. Oh, man, it's, it's really tough to play the regular season once you've been as successful as us. You asked your way past a horrible Knicks team and a fucking Sixers team that had a bloke who didn't shoot in the fourth quarter of the entire series. <laughs> and then you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and thought you were top shit. But either way, Monty made the Suns like a spinning wheel of death machine, right? Kept them locked in on kicking ass and taking names all season. And I think he was easily my coach of the year. Like, what a fucking job. What a dude. Spo was really good. Ty Lue was really good. Taylor Jenkins was really good. But goddamn, Monty Williams, what a coach. Uh, right. Do we need to chill on these fucking flagrants when elbows and shit are flying everywhere and hitting folks? Like the average Al Horford flagrant, well, it wasn't a flagrant, it was a tech because the play had already finished. Um, meanwhile, like Giannis is like flying through everybody, not getting called for shit like that with his elbows up and stuff like that. Yeah. Every time a dude gets hit, we're like, we're reviewing it! Hostile act! And you're like, all right, fucking... The dude was going to the bucket. His arms are going to be above his head. Guess what the other dude is doing? Challenging the shot. Where's his head? Where are his arms? Pretty close to the dude who's shooting his arms. Fuck, guess what's going to happen sometimes? Going to get hit. Like, Al getting a tee for the elbow on the big dunk by Giannis, and Giannis using his elbows all the time. I mean, all I want is no calls across the board on that sort of shit. Unless there's literally a hostile act. And if you're a ref, you can see that. It's like, ah, there's a bit of a wind-up. He put a little bit of extra oomph into, you know, the offhand slap as he's going up for the dunk. Or, like, he raised his elbow specifically because he saw the other dude coming. Then, sure, review it. But not every fucking time somebody cops one. Jesus. It's fucking cooked. Ah, speaking of cooked... After all this, after today's uh, games, are the Grizzlies cooked, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Nah. I don't think they're cooked just yet, but because you get to go back home, you're down 3-1, sure. If you can grab that one at home, get it back to 3-2, you've just proven that you can go all the way and win in Golden State. Basically. (laughs) You basically won that game. Like, they won that game except for Dylan Brooks. But yeah, they might be a bit cooked because it's a tough ass now to win three straight if Jar's a bit hobbled and Dylan Brooks thinks he's the second coming of fucking Michael Jordan. Um, whereas the second coming of like, I don't know, Joe Alexander. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, you can't see them coming back from 3-1 down though. Like if they were flying and firing on all cylinders and Jar was healthy and they just lost that game because Dylan Brooks fucking submarine their like the game out of nowhere and but Jar was rolling Triple J was feeling good and my maybe but with Jar hobbled you just can't quite see it right tough one tough one either way I love that hey I also don't want to take credit for going alright you know I think it was on uh, was this Monday show Monday show Sunday show one of the two whenever we were last talking about the Grizzlies it was like yeah I think the unpopular opinion of the day was to start Stephen Adams and boom Taylor Jenkins listened to me started him and guess what they look fucking awesome. Just saying. Got to dance with who brung ya. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Oh, can we fucking stop with the text for looking at a dude? We just, we can't give Giannis a tech for...
for looking at a dude. He rips off a fucking sick dunk and it's like, oh, and he's like, just turned around, he's flexed. It's not his fault Al Horford's there. He looked at him, oh, no, won't somebody think of the children? Like, we just can't give text for looking at a dude. Like, if he said some shit, sure. But looking at a dude, you can't taunt somebody by looking at him. Oh, I'm looking at ya. <laughs> I'm showing you up by looking at you. Get the fuck out of here. He's looking at a guy. He didn't say anything. What are you protecting? Their feelings? He just got dunked on and then looked at. Fuck off, refs. Jesus. We need to review every elbow. And also, this guy looked at this guy. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, Lord. All right. What about Outback Takeouts? It's Tuesday and we're back. Now that means that's right. We're back and open. And God damn, it's already happened. I need to get back on seek.com.au and replace a whole bunch of my staff because today's special got loose in the kitchen and took down six good men. That's right. It's cassowary casserole only at Outback. And the world's most deadliest bird is great as a flame-grilled take and so is today's flame-grilled take. Adam Silver has all three of the other series at 2-2 to make back some of that money from the pandemic. And of course, he wants to drum up all the interest in the world by having the Golden State Warriors up 3-1 in a series once more. Just so we can talk about the Warriors potentially blowing a 3-1 lead again. But the way they masterfully had the refs lean one way for the Bucks Celtics early and then snap back dramatically to help the Celtics out in the fourth quarter was some legendary, underhanded, classic Adam Silver fixing shit. Only at Outback. I fucking hate ref talk so much. Especially calls. It's a playoff series. Guess what? If you go for a team and the calls go against you, you're not going to like it. This is probably my favorite thing about being a basketball agnostic now that the Sonics aren't around, is that I don't actually have a rooting interest. And everybody out there who does consistently shows their ass. <laughs> it's like, yeah, guess what? Calls suck a lot of the time. And you'll see refs just like, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like some of the no calls are more head-scratching than some of the calls they make. But to be like, oh, I can't believe these Celtics are getting jobbed. And then the Bucks kind of get a bit jobbed in the fourth quarter, shoot four free throws. They've shot four free throws across the last two fourth quarters. And for the Bucks fans to get angry about that, it's like, yeah, well, attack the paint better. Get to the hoop more. They're getting clobbered under there. I get it, but Jesus. So the Celtics, so bitching and moaning about it. It's not going to help. Either way, Adam Silver, that is some masterful, masterful. Make mo, make your money. Make our money. Pandemic, we're going to make that money back. 2-2, two, two, that'll help. We're going seven, baby. All right. Uh, be back with a Shane Hill shooter shoot. Shoot your shot. Line them up, board Right after... This one. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. 
I mean, it's got to be the fact that Steph Curry is the first player in NBA history with 500 playoff threes. <laughs> like, that is absolutely chaos, isn't it? Like, Steph Curry having 500 playoff threes. Like, just historically, you're going to sit back and go, well, that does seem like a lot. Because... To put it in perspective, Steph has 500. LeBron has 432. Clay has got 405. After that, it's Ray Allen at 385. And you think about the all-time great shit. Reggie Miller's got 320. My favorite one, though, and you thought you might get through an episode without thinking about it? you got James Harden, 364. Kevin Durant, 344. Manu, Ginobili, 324. Reggie, 320. And that's right. Danny, not the boxer, has hit. Woo! 311. <laughs> Love it. Hooray for 311 jokes. And JR's got 294 as well. All right. Patty Mills Game Day, Baller Game Day, Twitter check-in. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Pretty good one today. Jingling Joe Ingles is uh, out there. Going back and forth with uh, Derek Favors, who broke down a great play with uh, Josh Giddy, which I very much enjoyed. So you've got uh, some incredible stuff. So the Aussie connection, Favors breaks down the game-selling play from our their first win. In the, in, the, in the season. The Thunder tweeted that out. And Giddy just fucking makes an awesome, awesome play to find faves. And Jingles shone a bit of light on this and said, I would agree, Derek Favors. Cry laughing emoji. Uh, handshake emoji, which is really good. And then Haley on the go tweeted out, Joe Ingles and Favors pick and roll action was good basketball. And then has an amazing clip of them doing that exact same uh, thing for the Jazz against the Rockets a couple of years ago, which is fucking awesome. Jingles retweets that saying, Elite at Derek Favors, fist bump emoji. (laughs) I love it. I love how bored. I love how bored Jingles is very clearly uh, doing his rehab. But either way, that's some good Patty Mills inspiration board material. Giddy, Jingles. Just shows you how great the Aussies are at passing. Right, let's do the game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. Uh, how's it all going? Oh, yeah, good. I'm out of ISO. Old mate's out of ISO. Uh, second day straight of riding the squid to daycare. On the treadley. Feeling good. Beautiful Melbourne morning. Went for a run. I'm going to go ruin that all by going to the pub. <laughs> so good. Anyway, we went one of two on the picks today. I had the Bucks and obviously the Grizzlies covered. So uh, you'll go one of two. Uh, 31 of 61 for the playoffs so far. Not bloody bad. You'll take that. Uh, tomorrow, we have game five of Philly, Miami, and Dallas, Phoenix. Fucking hell. The fact that both of these are 2-2 is pretty great. And uh, looking at this first game, so Philly, Miami, 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. I looked at I'm like, Miami going home. I felt like after the first two games, Miami might sweep. Then Kyle Lowry came back and completely discombobulated everything Miami had been doing and doing well. Miami patently refusing to play Duncan Robinson, a.k.a. their best shooter, and uh, Philly now have a bit of a role behind them. The flip side, 
James Harden goes back to Miami and the Floridian strippers <laughs> they're in. <laughs> ah, it's so tough. Embiid, like, it's kind of one of those things, oh, well, Embiid's, you know, a couple of days back from his orbital fractures. Like, yeah, that's not going to get better that much quicker within a week. It's still going to be sore. It's still going to suck. I'm going to go Philly plus three and a half in this game. I feel like Miami might win it, but it's going to be closer and shit. You know? I feel like we've just seen, like, absolute home cooking uh, shooting-wise for both teams. You've seen Danny Green go absolute ballistic back in Philly while uh, Tyler there goes, my hero fell off a cliff, whereas Danny Green couldn't hit a shot in Miami and Tyler Hero was going off. But Philly, I don't know, they've just sort of, with Embiid back, as I said yesterday on yesterday's show, the geometry of that team on the floor, both on defense and offense, changes so dramatically that I think I'm just going to go with Philly. Like, Miami will probably get a bit hot shooting. Philly probably won't get Danny Green hitting every three he takes, but Embiid might also just eat up Bam at a bio again. Who knows? But I'm going to take Philly plus three and a half. If they get another massive maxi game or a big Harden game, yeah, I think Philly could steal this. And I didn't think that, literally, as I sat down to sort of talk about that game, but I think that's where I've landed. So Philly plus three and a half. Miami might still win it, but it's going to be closer and shit, and I think Philly still cover. Same goes for Phoenix-Dallas. I think Phoenix win, but Dallas cover the plus six and a half. I think Dallas are just playing really, really good basketball right now, obviously, between Dorian Phoenix-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, and uh, obviously Luka. They've sort of just hit on like some pretty good rotational pieces and some really, really good sort of sets where they're moving the ball a lot. They're not just leaving the ball in Luka's hand and going dribble, 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 dribble. And Phoenix's defense is scramble, 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 scramble. But Phoenix will go home. They'll feel better in front of their crowd. You'll have Booker back for one more game here. You've got CP3. His family are not, probably not going to be a worry in the stands there in Phoenix, you'd expect. Um, oh, and some of the stories that came out about that, it's like, oh, yeah, he tried to give him a hug. It's like, all right. That's fucking weird. What are we doing here? Uh, but either way, Dallas plus six and a half tomorrow against Phoenix. Phoenix, I'm kind of leaning that way. I think they can cover the six and a half. Phoenix have been an absolute, like, monster all season. But I think Dallas have just hit on something that works. They've given Brunson more space. Uh, but the offensive explosion from Phoenix is probably going to come. But the thing is with Dallas, they can tend to sort of hang with teams like that sometimes. So even if they lose, I think they'll keep it at least close and cover the six and a half. So I think my prediction is that Miami and Phoenix both win. But Philly and Dallas both cover. So it's Underdog Wednesday tomorrow. I say that and they'll both uh, get fucking flogged. But either way, <laughs> what do you reckon? Give me Philly plus three and a half and Dallas plus six and a half. And we'll see how we go. Because Phoenix, I don't know, there's just offensively between eight and Crowder Bridges struggling. And I mean, Crowder's actually been playing out of his ass, but they haven't been able to take advantage of it. And if he does it again and they can't take advantage of it, you're in struggle town. So. I don't know. I just kind of like Dallas a bit more at the moment. So give me Philly and Dallas, and we'll talk about those games tomorrow because that's what we do here on NBA Australia, isn't it? Yes, it is. Back tomorrow. All right, so in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facebook, IGs, all over the socials. I was uh, feeling good today just yelling about Dylan Brooks on Twitter. <laughs> it was fun as shit, so go check it out. Anyway, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Go subscribe to that, and you'll get the uh, off-season wrap coming up soon. 
Adam with World Wrestling Australia. That's over on YouTube. Go check it out. FWCIE on Twitter as well. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Oh, hoodie. Come on, help a brother out. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Uh, download the Noble app. Bang in the code STRAYA and you'll get 20% off as well. And big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song, but also thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And that's it. Uh, no skit today as well because, again, my throat is uh, <laughs> on its last fucking legs. So I reckon we might be right to do uh, something maybe tomorrow or Thursday. We'll see how we go. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen. When you're